Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey, hey. This week, we'll be discussing the horror classic, Poltergeist, starring Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams, poor little old Heather O'Rourke. Um, poor little to- old everybody. Practically everybody's dead. Uh, it's a sad situation. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast, TW die, like share, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. And Aaron, I believe you are also on social media, the cult of Aaron on Twitter friends, the cult of Aaron. So feel free to, uh, you know, talk to Aaron directly. She loves it. I need to apologize to our viewers because I secretly hid my headphones because my son was eyeing them because he has broken his 100th pair. And Ooh, for good. the life of me, I don't know where the hell I put them. That's shameful. 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 It was now, an all-time record. You don't even know how long I've had those stupid Apple headphones, too. That I literally I have a, a new fresh pair that I keep in a drawer and only use for this. Oh. I don't use it any other time because I've been I've been burned before. That's right. I've been burned. The ghost of Steve Jobs just reaches from the grave. It is. That's the original poltergeist. So give <laughs> us give us the uh, the five second uh, uh, description of the plot, please. Uh, family is haunted by a ghost that communicates through the television. They bring in psychic uh, investigators, and they solve the problem, or so we think. Then bum, there's, bum, bum. there's one of those false endings, yeah. and uh, it is seen right out of The Simpsons. The house eventually crashes down on itself, and they go and stay in a hotel and, and kick the TV out. The end. Very nice. Very the nice. The end until Poltergeist 2, because that, that apparently solved nothing. And poor Poltergeist 3. <laughs> and and I'm not the, even sure if I saw Poltergeist 3. And then there was the series Poltergeist The Legacy. No. So there you go. No, Good I'm times. Not, no can do. Um, I have to say, and you, were, you watched the movie before I had. I had not seen this movie in at least 30 years. Um, and there were moments that I found strangely touching. It was very, uh, keeping in mind, I saw, when I saw this movie, it was on, I think it was on HBO all the time when I was a kid, like a loop, like a loop. And I was basically the same age as little Carol Ann. Why were you watching Poltergeist if you were the same age as Carol Ann? It was PG. It was was a PG movie. So that's just how they do it. Um, that's okay. Now, granted, now watching it, I find that rather than relating to the children, I'm much more relating to the parents. Right. Who I'm now much older than, which is very upsetting. <laughs> oh, my God. You're older than Craig T. Nelson. I, I'm even older than, than Craig T. Nelson at this stage <laughs> of the game. It's it's a sad situation. Um, that, that's how I judge my age, man. Oh, Lord. Pretty much. By, by Craig T. Nelson? He's, I, I, he's your I North Star. By TV people, I I remember thinking, well, I'm not as old as sports people, right? And now I'm far older than much older. <laughs> professional sports. 
And but, so then I'm like, well, I'm not as old as, say, uh, presidents. Oh, well. Uh, guess again. Oh. Wah, wah, wah. But I also thought this was kind of a time capsule of the early 80s. I mean, these are basically, when I go to friends' houses, these are what the houses look like. You yeah. know, you had the wall-to-wall carpeting in every room. You know what I mean? The crazy, like, rattan furniture. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I remember I had a friend who had one of those white wicker uh, uh, headboards yep. and daisy wallpaper. And yep. she still had it in college because she had one of those parents who never updated anything. I remember walking in in the 80s and going, this smells like the 70s. It, it's timeless. It's timeless. I mean, you go into the kids' rooms and it's all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just like... Product placement. This is one of the pinnacles of product placement. Absolutely. So let's let's jump right in. So you got this young couple. I mean, young, they're like in their early to mid-30s. At the time, I didn't think they were young. No. I, at the time, I thought they were old as goats. They're old as goats. And they live in this kind of, uh, like the suburbs, basically. This, it's this... a split-wing 70s, blah, yeah. blah, whatever. But it's like a, it's like a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like a community that's been built by this one company. Essentially, yeah, yeah. it's called Cuesta Verde Estates or whatever. I looked up what Cuesta Verde means. You know what it means in Spanish? It means what view? Uh, what blah, blah, hill blah. or something? No, it means it costs green. <laughs> so just nonsense. No, no, that's green is money. It costs green. It costs oh. money. It costs money to live here. There you go. Oh, Cuesta means cost. Yeah. Oh. Like if you go to Tijuana and you want to buy something, you say, ¿Cuánto cuesta? How much does it cost? I thought that means you're offering proposition in the woman when you say that. <laughs> that <laughs> it depends under what establishment you say it. So there you have it. <laughs> Good times. Um, so you got, you got uh, what are their names? Stephen is the father. You yeah. got Diane, who's the mother. And then you've got Dana, who's the uh, precocious teenage daughter. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, Robbie, the uh, eight-year-old son, and then Carol Ann, the little five-year-old daughter. Little um, Carol Ann. She was the sweetest little baby angel. She she was very cute. She's very sweet. Um, uh, so anyway, everything seems cool, but I have to tell you, at the beginning of the movie, it starts out with the national anthem. Because oh, oh, that was the first thing I wrote down. Go yes. ahead. Back in the day, people under the age of 40 are not going to remember this probably, but TV stations actually shut off for the evening at a certain point. Yeah, like point. a midnight, one o'clock. Yes. So they would end with the national anthem and then these kind of like a patriotic, uh, patriotic uh, montage of different things. And then it would just shut off and you'd have static. Okay. So that's how this movie pattern. starts. Or a test pattern. Oh, geez. You're going. You're now we're going the... back to the Wayback Machine. Children, there used to be a time when we had 12 stations and yep. maybe two stations on UHF. Yep. I won't even get into telling you what UHF is. Oh, God, help me. So <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Uh, dad's asleep in front of the TV. Mom's asleep in bed. All the kids are asleep with the static blasting from the TV downstairs. Little Carol Ann gets up out of bed, goes to the TV, and proceeds to start talking to the static. 
having a conversation loud enough that it wakes up the entire family and they go and check the on the entire her. family. Yeah. Nothing's waking up that like her brother woke up. See, that's where they lost me. As we know, having children, nothing wakes them up. A cannonball doesn't wake them up. No, it's basically like a burglar could be breaking in the window and I'm sleeping right through it. Exactly. Um, Time for school. Snore, snore. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, so that kind of kicks off that something's going on. The parents just kind of like, whatever. You know, it's all good. You find out Steven basically works for this company. He's like a realtor, essentially. And he sells, you know, these model homes, essentially, about this community, essentially. Planned communities. That's the word you were looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Um, the mom's a stay-at-home mom who stays with, I guess, what? Carol? She takes Caroline to kindergarten at some point. The other kids go off on their own. Um, and then she do what she do. Has affairs, does seances. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh yeah, good times. Uh, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Did you get so, the impression that like he was a football player and she was clearly a cheerleader? Well, she did do some cheers in the kitchen at one point. It seemed like, and uh -huh. he is coach from uh, okay. the '90s sitcom. So I don't. <laughs> it's hard to know how it all works out with old Craig T. Nelson. Well, what's funny is like they were all basically unknown actors at the time. Um, they were cast for that reason to kind of everybody's like a clean slate, more or less. You know what right. I mean? They didn't want. So I thought that was kind of. Of course, now they're they're the international stars: Joe Beth Williams and uh, Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> so they good can't times. walk the streets of Paris without being mobbed. But the beginning is very much like a Spielberg movie. It's like people, you know, riding their bikes around the neighborhood, oh, kids it fooling is around. Spielberg, it is. But again. Allegedly, he was only the writer of the script and the producer, writer of the story and the producer of the movie. Allegedly, he did not direct this movie, although we he was on. That, we call bullshit on that. It, it does seem as, as, like the, the director of record is Toby Hooper, who you remember from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Eaten Alive, Life Force, Invaders from Mars, etc. Et we were just and Salem's Lot. We were just and talking about that. And the TV version. Yes. How did he spin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to false Steven Spielberg? Most of the time, these directors get stuck. Well, we're going to talk about that when we get to the behind the scenes situation. Oh. Good times. Um, so construction workers are there. They're digging a new pool. Everything seems to be cool. Uh, but then a storm hits and the kids hop into bed with mom and dad. Right. Mm, Again, as they do. As they do. And they, there's that crazy scene with mom smoking a J in the bed. Dad's oh reading the, the Reagan was, biography. It was reefer madness. Mom is smoking uh, 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 one of them marijuana cigarettes all by herself. Yeah. While dad is at the foot of the bed rolling it up like it's Cheech and Chong. I was right. like, what? It was bizarre. I mean, it was basically to show like they're a happily married couple, but they're young and, and hip. He tries they're to roll one himself. Republicans, but they're yes. cool. They're cool Republicans. Right. They're, they're <laughs> compassionate conservatives. There uh, we go. Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so again, the TV's left on. Carol Ann gets up, stands in front of it. But you see like a ghostly hand and then a laser shoots out of the TV and all sorts of crazy stuff. 
And that's when you get that immortal line. All the parents wake up, look at her, and she turns around and she says, They're here. Yes. So now we know something's up. Or the parents so, should could know. Could be aliens. We don't could know. Be, we don't know what's going on. And so everybody leaves except for Carol Ann and Diane. And that's when it really goes down. She turns around. Suddenly all the chairs are on the table. Um, but there's also a ghostly presence where it's like it, it moves the table or moves a chair around, moves uh, red Carol flag, Ann. Red flag. Red these flag. Are all, these are all big red flags. Um, her husband comes home and she's more kind of tickled by it. Like, oh, look at this. This, this is, is kind fun. of fun. Let me, put my, let me put my child in the middle of whatever this is I can't explain. Oh, yeah. Right. It's all good. You know, funny stuff. Anybody else is getting the hell out of that house at of this point. Of course. At of this point. Course. Before the stuff really goes down, you're getting out of there. But not these guys. They're kind of cool with it. Um, Maybe course, they were stoned. We don't they, know. We don't know. I learned it from watching you, all right? That's <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to. So that night, it really goes down, right? Robbie, the little boy, is attacked by the evil tree in the backyard and is almost eaten. My advice to Robbie is when the when the evil tree opens its mouth, do not just put your feet right in. You don't yeah, have slide to slide right. Don't crawl inside of it. You do not have to crawl inside the tree's mouth. Little bit of advice, okay? Let me stop you. I have a question about the tree. Yes. This, this is a fairly new development. It's still a stick trees in the front yard, still on poles, but they kept the dead tree that's literally a foot from the house. Explain. Yeah. It's, and it's hideous. It is hideous and dead and awful. And the son literally says, I hate this tree. And the dad said, oh, well, we chose this place, this this plot because of this tree, because yeah, it nothing, knows us. I and will take care of us. A dead tree house right next to it because nothing better than termites. Oh, no, it's horrible. It's it's horrible. It, it is. Yeah, it's it's bad and dead. Not a leaf to be seen. I yeah. mean, it's it's horrendous. So Robbie is getting attacked by the tree, but it's really seems to be like like a distraction. Like they're yes. really not after Robbie because while everybody's distracted by Rob getting eaten by the tree, little Carol Ann's in her room alone and her closet turns into a giant, I don't know, vortex portal to hell, portal to hell. She is sucked into it after hanging on to the red rattan uh, headboard. First of all, it's white. I think you yeah. had a mini stroke there. I said rattan. You said red rattan. I did not say red rattan. I think you're red losing rum, your damn mind. Rum. I think you're saying red rum. So she gets <laughs> she gets sucked into the closet and now she disappears. Now Craig T. Nelson rescues Robbie from the tree. The tree gets sucked up by a tornado. That They're happens. Co covered with strawberry jam as they come out. Covered with strawberry jam. A lot of tornadoes in Southern California, but moving on. Yeah, well, uh, I had no idea we had so many earthquakes, tornadoes, uh, instant thunder showers. There's a lot of stuff going on. So they, they tear the house apart trying to find Carol Ann. The mom thinks that Carol Ann jumped into the pool because she's got she's a sleepwalker, like somebody we know. Uh, but uh -huh. no, but no, <laughs> she has been sucked into the netherworld or the nether region. I don't know. She's gone. Um 
nether region always sounds like something else to me. It, it's something. It's something. <laughs> so the next, it's like smash cut to the university, the parapsychology department. Oh, yeah. This was all fun and games. Late 70s, early 80s. Everybody was psychic. Psychic research was a thing. Yeah. I imagine if you went to the local university, you'd be hard pressed to find the parapsychology department. You know what always had the world, uh, the big famous one was Duke. They have one? Duke had postgraduate studies in parapsychology. I don't know if it still does. Amazing. So they're, Craig T at this point is desperate, right? He's like, he's clinging to whatever straws he has. So the, the uh, Dr. Lesh is the parapsychologist head of the department, and she brings her two helpers to the house. They should have called her Dr. Lush. Basically, the spoiler alert. Uh, she has a she has a little flask that she's just slugging while she's helping him out. Very upsetting. Mm -hmm. It's medicinal. Uh, and at this point, their house is a full blown freak show. Like things are flying around. You know mm -hmm. the the uh, <laughs> they go into Caroline's room and it is crazy town. It's like Joe Beth can't even open the door without a demonic devil voice. Oh, no, it's terrifying. It was terrifying. Right. Still not leaving the house, though. I guess they have to stay for Carol Ann's sake. And Dana, the, the promiscuous 16-year-old, one point there's a scene with Dana where she's getting on her bike to ride to school where the gross guys digging the pool start making lewd advances towards her. Again, she's about 15 in the course mm -hmm. of this movie. Not appropriate. Not appropriate. That was pre-Me Too movement. Very pre. Very, it was very pre. perfectly acceptable to make sexual advances off your employer's uh, teenage daughter. Right. Even, with, even with Joe Beth. Tails. Joe Beth looks out the window and kind of laughs about it. Oh, those guys. Oh, it's oh, hilarious. I'm Not so hilarious. I'm so proud of my daughter. She's had to defend herself and throw yeah. off a bunch of, of filthy old 40-year-olds. Yeah, lovely. So anyhow, Dana, for the rest of the movie, basically spends most of her time uh, with her friends. So you barely even see Dana in this movie. Screaming, crying, and then staying at her boyfriend. At the very end, when the boyfriend drops her off, did you notice the big fresh hickey on her neck? Fresh? Well, there's a funny scene later in the movie when, when they think everything's cool. They're like, oh, yeah, we're packing up. We're going to go hit the Holiday Inn on I-70. She's like, oh, yeah, I know that place. Excuse me? What? Uh-huh. Yeah, lovely. Are a different time, my friend. I, I guess. So she's <laughs> she's not just kind of a 15-year-old floozy. I mean, she's straight hoeing it up. If she, if she knows the hotels, she's hitting the hotels, this is a problem. If she was born 10 years earlier, she would have been a Manson follower. I'm convinced. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, anywho. <laughs> Good Lord. So... They're now, you know, the parapsychologists set up cameras and things. They've got, I don't know, all sorts of interesting stuff. A uh, bunch of stuff is right. The, a bunch we of don't stuff. know what the hell they're doing. Craig T. and Diane have figured out that they can, the, the mom, Diane, can communicate with Carol Ann through the TV. Which is, again, this is where it was, it was really kind of sad for me because I have three children. You have children as well. Oh, yeah. Well, did you watch this with your kids? I, I did not watch this with my kids. <laughs> uh, although it is rated PG. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, no, it's like there's little five-year-old Carol Ann in the netherworld, right, with creatures like chasing her. Mommy, yeah. help me. I was like, this is, this is awful. This, yes. is rough, this is rough sledding. Anywho, 
a lot of bad things happened that night. Uh, Marty, who very early on is like, this could be a hoax. They could have a CB radio up in the attic or something. He gets bit by some unseen creature. Like a, a psychic <laughs> shark or something. Something. I mean, big, big enough where it's like... Like, literally like a shark bite. Yeah, it's um, his whole side. Whole side, teeth marks. And then later, Marty, while trying to, just helping himself to steak out of the fridge, um, he, the steak starts crawling okay, across the all, counter. Go for it. First of all, he deserves whatever he gets because steaks weren't cheap then either. So he's literally, like, rolling out a 70-ounce porterhouse uh, <laughs> and he's just going to fry it for himself. I mean, it's for the whole family, but you know, whatever. He cleaned out their Cheetos first, and then he's going right for the porterhouse. <laughs> Excuse me. So he's he's about to fry this thing up. Then, of course, it's possessed. It's crawling on the counter. Uh, maggots are crawling on it. That's what he gets for being greedy. And then the most horrifying scene, and you're like, how is this in a PG movie? He has a vision where he literally rips his face off in chunks and throws it in the sink. Awful. Horrendous. Well, you got to remember, this was before they had PG-13. This is before they had PG-13. So, so it was strong, but it wasn't an R rating. What? Right. There was no nudity. There was no F-bombs. Uh, and spoiler alert, nobody dies yeah. other than Tweety the bird. So there you have it. So he rips his face off. Marty bails the next day. Wait a second. Can I, can I say something about the face ripping? Please. Cheesy as hell. That does not stand up. That's right up there with the monster from uh, the thing. It definitely looks fake, but it is still stomach churning. It, it's. I remember <laughs> it being just very disturbing when I saw it at the theater. I was. It was like, oh dear God. In '82, it was pretty it rough. It just looks like like something you'd whip up in an afternoon. Uh, and still FYI, gross. Still those gross. Are Steven Spielberg's hands doing all the tearing. They are indeed. You could say it looks fake and you wouldn't be wrong. It's still gross. Yeah. It is still gross. Um, so Dr. Lesh is basically at this point. Okay, you got some real stuff going on here. So I'm going to go get a psychic or a medium or some some deal oh, to come God. in. And I love this lady. This she, is, uh, she, I need her to rent a room from my house and just follow me around and tell me things. This is Zelda Rubenstein. What playing. a fabulous name right there. Isn't that? Why did you name one of your daughters Zelda? What a fabulous name. It's not too late to, to you know change it if we have to. Zelda, Broomhilda, see? Why oh, not? Boys, boo. So she plays Tangina. Who is kind of a Tangina? A, what a you like name. that lovely Tangina. She is. Would you say she's like a little? She's a little person. No, she's definitely a little person. She was in uh, Under the Rainbow, one of my personal favorite. Oh, movies. was she really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was looking it up. It, Under the Rainbow. I remember it being so fantastic. It has a zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That should tell you something. And Just... it's like impossible to find. But anyway, yeah, I believe we we would call her a little person. But in our family, anyone, you know, under 5'10 is a little person. <laughs> that is true. Sad but true. So she goes in and basically tells us the whole plot of what's going on. There yeah. are people uh, who have not passed on for whatever reason. And they want Carol Ann because her life force is so strong. That's right. Sweet little baby Jesus. She, she's like the light that they're reluctant to go into essentially that's right, the idea right. something along those lines 
So while this is going on, they discover there's like a portal in the ceiling where like stuff can like weird watches and things from the netherworld drop through. Um, which also leads them to believe, okay, so the entrance is through the closet. This is the exit, theoretically. So they come up with a plan, not a great plan, where they're going to tie a rope around old Joe Beth, have her run into the closet, and hopefully at some point she'll be able to grab Carol Ann, and then we'll be able to lower her through the the ceiling. That right? sounds pokey finokey, but I'm telling you, if jewelry starts raining from my ceiling, I start getting excited. Well, they did say one was very old, but of course, Dr. Lesh ba- takes it and runs off with it. That's Thanks right. a lot, Dr. Lesh. Uh-huh, Dr. Lesh. <sighs> and of course, before she goes, there's this poignant scene, uh, Diane and uh, Stephen are like, oh, I love you, and I love you. Just don't let go of the rope. Yeah, um, please. Please don't and, let go of the rope. Which he promptly does. He does. The creature, a, a demon head pops out, scares the hell out of uh, Craig T. He drops the rope. Luckily, uh, Joe Beth had grabbed Caroline at this point. Yeah, luckily. Otherwise, good job. Your whole family's dead now. Now they're all lost. Might as well throw Robbie in there <laughs> at that stage of the game. Uh, and they're covered in jello. What it, they, they have you slop. know what it looks like? Play it on me. It looks like sterno. But I'm, I'm guessing they're not putting, which is basically napalm. So I'm guessing it's not that. <laughs> if I had to guess, it wouldn't be napalm. They rub them in. Yes. <laughs> but that's exactly what it looks like. It's that pink sterno. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they revive old uh, uh, Diane and they revive Carol Ann. Everything's cool. Tangy like Nick. It is. Like they, had to, they had to crack them out. It's it is. Like, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So Tangina is like, this house is clean. That's right. All are welcome, children. I say this. Oh, yes. Walk into my classroom. All are welcome, children. <laughs> she, oh, sweet going Jesus. Going the lights. Going to the light. So everything's cool. Uh, the next day, they're packing stuff up. There's, a, there's an interesting scene that occurs earlier where uh, Craig T's boss, uh, Mr. Teague, Played by veteran character actor James Karen. You'd recognize yeah. him from uh, Return of the Living Dead, if you're me. He's uh, in every, everything. He was in everything. He's in a ton of stuff. Uh, he takes old Craig T. up to the, t- to the highest hill in the neighborhood and says, this is going to be phase five. Wouldn't this be a beautiful view for your master bedroom? Blah, 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 blah. You know, we've been taking you for granted. We should have made you partner. So yeah, what do you say? Stay, stay home for a couple of weeks. Suddenly you get a promotion. Well, they said he back. sold 42% of the of the 500 homes down below. Well, what are they, three agents? I mean. I mean, good yeah. Jesus. So anyway, the grand reveal is they turn around and there's a, there's a cemetery there. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, uh, my home's going to be in the cemetery. Oh, that's okay. We'll move the cemetery. We've done it before. Uh, We've done it before. Spoiler alert. Um, So, anywho, everything's cool. Craig T's like, I'm quitting my job. We're moving out of here. But, hon, just let's all hang out. You guys just wait and hang out in the house all day. I'll be back at midnight tonight or something. That makes no sense. Put the kids to bed in the murder house uh, if they get tired. It is well, it I'm is insane. Bed, we might as well spend the night. Or how about you give me permission 
to drive a car, old oppressive husband. Can't do it. Can't do That's a bridge too far. They've been moving all day, yet almost nothing is packed. I noticed that too. They put Carol Ann and Robbie to bed in the same room where Carol Ann was abducted earlier in the movie. Right down. No problem. Oh, God. You okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, if this occurs to you, as soon as you're able, you go to the Holiday Inn. You don't wait. You don't spend yeah. one as more second. As that sun looks like it's starting to get behind the hill, everybody in the car. Now. You know what? Yeah. Leave, the, leave the stuff. Leave it. Leave, leave it. You can always go to, to Walmart and Ikea later. Leave everything. Uh-huh. Hit the road. Agreed. Get out of there. So, but again, everything's cool. The kids are going down in the bed. Joe Bass like, oh, I'm going to go uh, take a bath here. It's all good. Dana was the only smart one. She's like, I'm not spending any time here. Dana was the one, the older daughter. She's like, I'm going to go off and get more hickeys for my boyfriend at the holiday. And I'll see you there. I'll come back with a replacement child in case we lose Carol Ann again. And then it's just, it is bonkers. The last 15 minutes of this movie, it's one terrifying image after another, right? Tangina actually in the end sucked. Uh, she, <laughs> this house is clean, my ass. This uh, is my, this house is still dirty. Where, where's my money back guarantee? Get they, your ass back over here. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. So uh, the kids are locked in the bedroom. The closet, of course, opens up again. Now it's like a big throat trying to swallow them and suck them in. Joe Beth's desperately trying to get in there, but there's like a devil, like ghost monster outside the oh, door. Yeah. She can't go. Great effect going on. She <laughs> she's running downstairs, banging on the door. The neighbors come help. She falls in the pool, which is full of skeletons, oh my full God. of this corpses. Is so traumatic. This was so traumatic. Coffins are bursting up through the ground all over the place. Boom, oh boom. Oh Horror show. Horror I, show. I'm getting PTSD. I'm gonna have to get into counseling. Just, it was that- so. That is literally the worst part of this whole movie. When it was in the stew. Oh, God. It was terrifying. Oh, it was God. terrifying. She finally gets back in the house. She opens the door. And, of course, she's about to be sucked in the, the throat in the closet. She grabs the kid's hands. She was very trusting of grab your sister's hand. I'm going to grab your hand. And we'll all. It, it, it either was going to work or we're all screwed. We're all, we're all screwed. So she's running downstairs. Stephen pulls up, sees like coffins exploding. Yeah, he's going for 50 hours. He Forever. He his job, needed to grab some stuff up at the office. My ass. He was off seeing his mistress. Was- he was <laughs> off hours. What <laughs> up at the office was he doing? Oh, Lord. Anyway, uh, so he pulls up. Door fly. He tries to go rescue his wife. Door flies open. Stephen, help us. Door slams shut. He takes the time to turn and yell at his boss. You only moved the headstones. You uh, didn't move the body. That's a great reveal, except I might send him an email. You know what I mean? I'm going to rescue my wife first before chewing out my boss. How but that's just you me. Bastard. <laughs> you bastard. You bastard. Why is his boss Swiss with him? I think he was trying, he didn't want him to leave. I think so, he was very much like, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep you. You're my best salesman. I don't want to lose you. Kind of, I'm imagining I'm giving text subtext to the text. Cause he doesn't say one word. Uh, he just arrives and looks on in horror. Uh-huh. Uh, Steven 
grabs, finally miraculously grabs his family, jumps in the car. Dana pulls up in a Trans Am at exactly that moment with fresh hickeys on her neck. She gives the other big uh, uh, line from this movie. This was on all the commercials. What was her line? Do you remember? Shit, they're back. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's <laughs> happening? That was the other big line. They jump in the car. Steven's having trouble with the keys. Eventually, he pulls out. Meanwhile, the whole neighborhood, like, flames are shooting up. There's rockets going off. There's explosions. Are coming over. Yeah, every, it's, it's every, end times. The whole neighborhood's going up in smoke, basically. Their house, you know, crinkles up, which is really kind of a cool effect. Slowly gets sucked into and the, and the, the, the distance. Yeah, Simpsons totally did it. And the tree, too. That That's all the Simpsons parodied all of us. So, and you, you gave away the end. They go to the Holiday Inn, and the, the kind of the button on the end was they push the TV out into the, the hallway. So. As you would. As you would. That the first smart move the entire movie. Uh any uh interesting observations you'd like to share? Well, first of all, I'm just gonna bounce around. When bounce he's with his boss up on the top of the hill with the cemetery, I, yep. I, did you realize that that the other cemetery, they said the other three hundred acres was a cemetery? Quest That's a big cemetery. Yeah, that's the, is there some kind of a genocide? Is this Armenia? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Southern California by all the LA sports teams. But yep. uh, I was like, what? Uh, another thing is when they were testing the portal, they were using tennis balls. Yep. Why, why does the dude smell in it? That's a good question. He did, I have to say this. That scene, I think I'm wearing gloves. I think I'm wearing gloves for a whole host of reasons. I don't, I don't know what this stuff is. And then you're holding on to a rope with your bare hands. That's the worst plan ever. You know what I'm saying? It looks slippery. You don't know what this is. What if if you're going to get dead people cancer or or, this is a biohazard? I'm just going to say it. This. How about just rope burns? (laughs) How about just rope burns? You're holding on to your wife. Cold holding it. There's no pulley system. It's not wrapped around your waist. You know, granted, she may only weigh 120 pounds, but are you going to roll that dice? Oh, yeah. Holding was, this thing? Then is a whisper. Oh, yeah. Then is a whisper. Nelson, I lost all respect when, when he let go of the rope. You he, he dropped her. Luckily, it all worked out. There was no, like, crying scene where she says, you you let me go. You dropped me. That's you right. Bastard. Later on, did they ever tell her that, you know, your husband let go of the rope? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. There's a funny scene where Craig T is being interviewed by this parapsychologist. And he's like, you know, I'm... I'm 35. My wife is 31. Our oldest daughter, Dana, is 16. Uh, uh, did you do any uh, any math there? So uh, your wife had this child when she was 15 or what's the story? Interesting. Don't ask no questions. Now, evidently, it was a seven. <laughs> In the novelization, they suggested that Dana was actually his child from a previous marriage. Bull crap. That's what they suggested. It was, again, but here's what's interesting. The girl who played Dana, the 15-year-old, 16-year-old Dana, was actually 22. So she was actually only 11 years and 15 years younger than her actual, the parents in the movie. That's a wild ride. So there you have it. She did look young, though. This was not a 902 situation. Yeah, yeah. 
with 35 she wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't Ian Ziering, okay? She, <laughs> no, she said Gabriel, whatever. She was like 40. Oh, she was even worse. That's true. That's a, <laughs> it's a sad situation. Oh, Lordy Lou. Um, so this movie had a lot of, like a, a rocky past. Let's talk about the less uh, sad situations first. Um, written story originally by Spielberg, produced by Spielberg. This is actually the first movie he ever produced. Um, his name, he's not listed as a director, as we said. Toby Hooper was listed as a director, but he was le- allegedly on set basically every day. And well, he was the rumor simultaneously filming, right? E. This is why he hired yes. someone else, but it, it smells like pure Spielberg. It is Spielberg big time. So there's that, like, some kind of contractual reason yeah why he could not direct um poltergeist because he was already doing et now et they actually filmed it in the same neighborhood i believe so he could zip over zip over back and forth but allegedly he storyboarded it he was giving direction i mean at one point uh zelda rubenstein said uh toby hooper could not direct traffic much less a movie she took it she took a straight shot at him and this this kind of rumor actually uh, went out there. Spielberg actually in an interview said, well, you know, Toby is not the take charge kind of guy. And he actually had to walk it back like in a later interview. He said, oh, no, 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 no. It was a collaborative situation. But Toby was definitely the director of this of record. Exactly. <laughs> but this this kind of messed up Toby for a lot of reasons. Like you said, he had to start doing um, made for TV movies. He uh, signed a deal with the Canon Film Group. And if you love schlock, Canon Films are the way to go. I am not During... familiar. <laughs> Lay some Canon on me. He, uh, under contract with Canon, he went ahead and directed Life Force nope. and Invaders from Mars. We will be doing Life Force at some point. It's great. I but think it was I like. Saw Invaders from Mars. Invaders from Mars is not great. Uh, but it was like he had, again, he was, you know, a celebrated independent filmmaker from the 70s with, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. So this was kind of like his chance to kind of break in uh, to the big time. And unfortunately, this rumor kind of dogged yeah. his career after that. Well, people talking, yeah. famous people are talking crap about you for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, like, he had to go and do the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. At one point, poor so, Toby. It was it was rough sledding for old Toby. Um, uh, although I will tell you, uh, uh, Sam's Lot sucked. I th- don't even. I haven't say seen it. it. I Lance haven't seen Curling, it in a while. David, I haven't Cole, seen it. <laughs> the acting was so tragic. Bonnie Bedelia, oh, James Lord. Mason. It's an all star cast. Uh, James Mason was fine, whatever. But uh, yeah, the rest of it, the acting was Lance Corwin. Kerwin and David Soul, the acting was so terrible. Now, there were, we, like we said earlier, there were two sequels. There was uh, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, not directed or produced or any way connected to Spielberg. And it actually gave some backstory to this. Because up to this point, the ghosts were just kind of like generic ghosts. There was no like understory as to why they wanted, you know, a specific reason well, why they were after Carol Ann. Well, because, um, I, I, I mean, it stands up. It's because the house is built on top of a cemetery. Right. But that's, that's. You dig holes when you build a house. You do have to, they say. In Southern California, everybody has a pool. I mean, how are you going to cover that up? 
Well, maybe it's a raised Is foundation. Is there a sewer line out to the street? May, I don't know. Hole. They had a septic tank. Anyway. Um, also a hole, my friend. <laughs> And <laughs> maybe it was an above ground septic tank. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, but the, the second movie uh, brought in the idea that there was an evil Reverend Harry Kane who led an uh, apocalyptic cult in the 1800s. And that was a good and story. And that was a good story. It was an interesting idea. It brought back most of the original cast. Uh, then there was uh, Poltergeist 3. Which I don't even know what that is. Uh, that only it, it's brought back Zelda Rubenstein and Heather O'Rourke was in it, but it also starred Tom Skerritt and it starred Nancy Allen. Uh, but no Na- Bonnie, or, Nancy or Bonnie Allen from Carrie, from Carrie, from Dress to Kill, from RoboCop. That's the one. Yep. Uh, and that was the last one. That was a big flop. Each movie had kind of diminishing returns, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about the tragedies that, that surrounded this movie. They well, talked hang about on how. For a second. I'm gonna, I'm, go for I'm it. I'm going to shut you down. Here. Hang on. <laughs> hey, just you hang on. <laughs> go ahead. It's hard interrupting you because we're not we're not even in the same city, so I can't this like, is give true. you a magical sign. I'll, I'll <laughs> insert a small shocker in your neck, and when I want to talk, I'll just give you a little zap, like a bark collar. The, the tingler. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I want to talk about a couple of the visual effects. I Please. When the, the researchers are there and they have their equipment trained on the stairs that are going upstairs, it picks up these balls of light. And mm-hmm. when they rewatch the video, you see the little spirits come down. But instead of it being like a whole body... You're seeing just like their heads glowing. And I thought that was pretty cool effect. It was great. It was really great. Still standing tall. Yes. Yep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The one of the most disturbing things are going back to that damn swimming pool full of of bodies. Those were yep. real skeletons. Yeah, it was cheaper. Cheaper to, to <laughs> buy dead people from India than to make plastic skeletons. Yeah, and they didn't tell Joe Beth when she was swimming around until later. So, good times. Yeah, and it's in court (laughs) records. It's absolutely true because people sued claiming they wrote it and it ended up being settled out of court. Uh, But they had to bring people in to testify and part of the talk was, yes, absolutely, those were real skeletons. Oh, sweet Lord. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Good times. Right, Any go other ahead interesting talk about your damn cu- curse? So the curse, and it's really it's not a laughing matter because people really died. The girl who played Dana was Dominique Dunn, yeah. who's a young up and coming actress. Daughter before, of Dominic Dunn, if you remember daughter, OJ for you older yep. listeners. Dominic Dunn was her father, and Griffin Dunn, the actor from American Werewolf in London, was her brother. Um so she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend yeah. uh, the same year this movie was released. That's Strangled bummer. to death in her driveway. Awful. Awful, awful. So that's that's one reason uh, why she was not in any of the sequels. I guess that's an important reason. Um, Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, died in uh, 1988 at the age of 12 due to a uh, misdiagnosed intestinal issue. Poor little thing. Um, which is, again, awful, awful, awful. Um, 
you saw Heather O'Rourke primarily from these movies, but she was also in uh, late model Happy Days. If you remember, the oh. Fonz was dating a girl uh, for se- like several episodes, and this was his you daughter. Remember this, or you read this? I absolutely remember this. You don't remember this? I have no memory. Late model Happy Days had like Ted McGinley from uh, Yes, from- married with <laughs> it was children. A- from Married with Children, from uh, Revenge of the Nerds, etc. Yeah, uh, little Heather O'Rourke. Uh, so that was a sad situation. You, I cooled on the Fonz in fourth grade when I wrote to him of my undying love and got in return an order form to for his fan club. Oh, lovely. So did you sign up? I did not. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you ask for money after I've told you my deep feelings, Fonz? My deep feelings. I mean, in, ironically, people today who are, again, under the age of 40 would not understand that Henry Winkler was the most cool guy in the 70s. He was foxy. <laughs> not, not so much nowadays. Anywho. He is a- still alive. He is still around. Um. And actually, a different actor, uh, a couple of other actors died. The guy, uh, the guy who played Reverend uh, Harry Kane in the sequel died before that movie was over. But he already uh, had the cancer before he He was old as, yeah, he was old as can be. Um, one of the, the guys that Craig T. Nelson is watching the football game at the beginning, where they have that uh, hilarious uh, exchange where the uh, remote controls are turning off the neighbor's TV. Yes. So they're trying to watch the football game That's and Mr. Great. Rogers is popping up. Uh, one of those guys was actually killed uh, by an axe murderer. Ooh. Uh, yeah, like several years, like 20 years later. Did we so, have axe murderers in Southern California? I don't know if it was in Southern California, but it's true. Look it up. It's a sad situation. Do we have a lot Obviously, of axe murderers? Which axe murderer is this? I don't know. Google Lizzie it. Lizzie Borden? <laughs> it could have been Lizzie Borden. I'm not going to lie to you. Um so it's there was that story that there was the curse. Um, it's a sad situation. Well, so. I mean, there's so many films that we have reviewed that supposedly have a curse. Let me let me lay one on to you now. Please. Do you remember that show, I Love Lucy? You're going to have to give me more than that. I'm not set. <laughs> Little yes, known I fact, know. anyone yep. who's ever, who was ever on that show has died. That is true. I have, I have, I read that somewhere. <laughs> I have to tell you, I was much more of a the Lucy Show type of oh, person. Oh, please, that's blasphemy! So, I, 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 I don't know. Strike you with an axe when I see. I, <laughs> I always said that Lucy Arnaz was really the talent behind the uh, the uh, Lucy family. Lucy so, Arnaz, yeah. you know it, you know, don't you? Hello, uh, is it me? Oh no, that's the wrong song. Oh, no. no, Love on the Rocks. <laughs> Ain't no big surprise. I feel Diamond and Lionel confused. That's very upsetting. Um, Spielberg, uh, going back to interesting facts that aren't nearly so depressing. uh, (laughs) He he cast Carol Ann because she was like five years old, but could read and memorize the entire script very, very easily. And he actually cast her. Beat her if she got it wrong. It's entirely possible. Um, they he cast her over Drew Barrymore, but he liked Drew Barrymore, so he cast her in ET. Drew Barrymore which, was also a beautiful little child, and, and very and cute, still beautiful. That, that's a yeah. rare thing. Usually, people end up being freakish when they get older if they're beautiful yeah, children. They become mutants. It's very upsetting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, anywho, um. 
they Spielberg was desperate. Like literally at one point they were going to uh, make this an R rated movie. Like the rating sports said, no, 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 this is R rated. He had to go to the mat because he wanted this to be PG. So it could be a double bill with ET. So was that a thing? But, I didn't see this double build. That's how they did it. That's how they did it back then. But again, like you said, there were no PG 13 movies at this point. Right. There probably should have been any other interesting behind the scenes facts you'd like to share. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this movie, and just by looking at it, it, it has it is Spielberg. It is a, mm-hmm. a Spielberg look. It has a, a Spielberg feel. Absolutely. Some of this, these gags uh, are from later show up in later of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Um, you know all the product placement. He was the master of product placement. Like the guy is eating Cheetos, but the bag is full display. By the way, I can hear you breathing <laughs> into your microphone, like you have the asthma, or you're like one of those 1970s phone call people where you just call up and then heavy breathe into the phone. Take your pick. Maybe you have a deviated section. I'm just putting that out. Could there. be. But Could be. There's something in the air. I remember watching the ET and talking to someone, maybe one of our snootier cousins, but uh, they were going on about Spielberg is the master of manipulation of your emotions. Yeah. And well, I say that's all movies are. But the problem is what I think what they should have said is he's heavy handed about it. He's, he's not sly in the in the in the least. No, 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 no. Well, what's interesting about this movie especially is that traditionally in these early Spielberg movies, there were always divorced single moms because that was his. his, That's his story. That's his story. So it was always like, yeah, you know, E.T. had a divorced single mom. Uh, Close Encounters dealt with like a family breaking up and all this horrible stuff. Anyway, one more thing. There are some real moments, though, in this movie when when the, the mom what's her name again diane diane is talking to the psychic lady and they're sharing a drink and they embrace and you yep. got the sense that diane didn't have a mother or mother right. baby had died and, the, and you got this real nurturing mother sense between the mom and the psychic that felt well, really genuine yes well, she had that same thing with Dr. Lesh as well. That's They're what the I'm moment talking about, Diane well, she's not the, and Dr. Lesh. Not uh, Tangina. Not Tangina. <laughs> I'm talking about when they were sharing the flash yes, at yes. the table. Yes, absolutely. That was a good, that was a good, there were good moments there were some in this movie. real moments. I, I, I still, I'll, I go to the mat for all these movies, but I think this is a good movie. This is a good movie. It definitely has an, an early 80s nostalgia to it. Yeah. I, but I thought the effects more or less were, were pretty damn good. Because I thought th- there was, they, you know, I was going to say they held back, but they really didn't. Uh, most of them stand up. You're right. The The face rip is reminiscent of the the Nazis <laughs> from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. It's about that time. Hey, do not watch that scene with your kids. Unless you're a psychopath. So you just then, told me you were like five and you loved it. So I demand hey. that you pull your girls together. <laughs> Make them watch this. When you're dropping them off at a friend's house. But insist that they watch this. Insist on it. Very Maybe much so. your wife is out of town and lock them in their room to provide no comfort as they start screaming through the night. 
Now they did they remade this movie a couple years ago um, with Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I I, I think if you look Hollywood, at- I'll give them a list of what they need to do. Stop with the money grab. Come up with some original ideas. Remake things that were done badly that you could do right. Not mess with classics. I agree. I agree. And evidently, they're thinking of remaking it again. Oh. So get ready for that Salem's good stuff. Lot, dear Jesus. They did remake Salem's Lot. What? There was a there was a 90s uh made for TV movie. I think Rob Why Lowe did was. They in keep making it made for TV movie. Why? I who can say? That who can was say? A it was with disturbing uh, as hell book that I read in high school. Why did they keep uh, trying to do this cheap ripoff? They did it. Yeah, they did. I'm trying to think who else was in the, the New Salem's Lot. It was like Donald Sutherland and uh, Rucker Hauer, I think. Oh. Unless I'm unless I'm high. So check it out. <laughs> Any last thoughts about Poltergeist? And it's bla- and what's not to love? And it's November 2019, which is when Blade Runner takes place. Good times. That's that is true. That and you is can tell that the world is very similar. Uh, <laughs> any other facts before we get on with our lives? No, I say, I mean, personally, I cannot watch this movie again because I have watched it 10,000 times. But for you young kids, I say check it out. Check it out, baby. Check it, it out. Like, like a solid story. Yeah. They basically, somebody said that this movie uh, basically was the seed that those movies um, Insidious came from like it's a similar kind of situation where it's like young kid in the house is getting bothered and they bring in psychic investigators to help out those movies but maybe that's something else we can look at but but is that correct because amityville was before this amityville was before this but this is the first thing where it's like you know um specifically your well i guess they had jody right in amityville horror jody was Uh, a pig Jody was a pig creature. We'll talk about that more <laughs> another time. So thank you very much. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast, TW die like share and subscribe Spotify, Apple podcasts, etc. Aaron, what is your Twitter account? The cult of Aaron. The Cult of Aaron. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time, and be well. Ciao.